Hi, Greg Perry, uh, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 414, continuing on with the American Beaux Arts style in, uh, in England and in America. So let's move on to the subject of kitchen stoves, getting more sophisticated. During the Beaux Arts era, wood burning stoves were supplanted by the coal burning ones. Gas models soon followed after. Cast iron was used consistently throughout the period. The high Victorian round or pot designs were replaced by square, low cast stoves with symmetrical arrangements of four to eight burners. Underneath, two hinged doors opened to the fire. The cast iron was molded onto an intricate pattern of lattice, grapevines, and neoclassical detail. Often nickel mounts, hinged, and door panels provide further embellishment. The flue consists of a tin pipe elbowing out and back onto the wall and up the wall. In front of the flue and above the burners are elevated boilers or racks for warming food. The upper portion of the stove is typically covered with leaf decoration or ornamented with Renaissance styled motifs. By 1900, electric and gas stoves had been introduced with great success on the more affluent areas of both countries. The new stoves were smaller and stood on four legs a foot or so off the floor. The design of gas stoves paralleled sanitary fixtures by incorporating enamel surfaces. Plated metal mounts or hinged often appear on the early gas stoves, but there was, but they were not as nearly as much decorative in the metalwork area as on the earlier wood or coal burning types becoming a little bit more, quote, mundane or more worldly. By the end of the period, most of the up-to-date examples were ornamented only with round plastic knobs and perhaps chrome-plated handles and strips at best. So let's move on to staircases in the American Beaux-Arts style, 1870 to 1920. The staircase was a dominant feature, establishing a tone of a Beaux-Arts interior, even if it was placed on the side rather than centrally. So sometimes these could be split or right up the middle. At the outset of the era, the most popular type was a version of Italian Renaissance design in wood. Three turn balusters rested on each tread. The newel posts were huge, often square, with turned sections and carved panels. They could be capped with finials or electric torchairs, often in the form of bronze figural statues. Tudor or Jacobean revival staircases, also wooden, had thicker balusters. In some Tudor and early French Renaissance revival examples, the handrail was supported by wooden arches that stood on the string, the string board. But the most elaborate wooden balustrades, Italianate of course, Tudor or early French Renaissance are those with sections of pierced and carved decorations framed by square posts, as, as can be seen throughout the European examples. Georgian and colonial revival staircases are more delicate with turned columnar or vase-shaped balusters and spiral turned or fluted newel posts. The handrail often ends in a spiral around the post Often the stairs and balusters would be painted white 
while the handrail was stained or painted brown. Shingle-style staircases tend to be screened by rows of spindles, drawing upon the eclectic array of sconces, including Persian, Japanese, and Queen Anne motifs. So let's, let's talk about building furniture of the American Beaux Arts. During this period, there was a heightened interest in service and storage. Kitchen and pantry areas featured walls of cabinets in two tiers, glazed above, solid underneath. Pantries accommodated warming shelves and countertops. Bedrooms, too, were equipped with huge walls of paneled closets. Telephone rooms tucked underneath the stairs were furnished with a chair and a built-in shelf and possibly even a door with a glazed panel window and a curtain for privacy. All of these cabinets and closets were enriched with moldings, panels, glazing bars, and hardware in the relevant historical style in question. For a Tudor or Gothic Revival interior, the appropriate choice was wide oak paneling with carved oak trim and OG arches. Quadrifoil and trifoil motifs abounded. French-style cabinets and doors featured painted wooden panels with gilt hardware. Many oriental schemes included ebonized cabinetry, sometimes a system of low cabinets around all or most of the dining room, also carried architectural themes throughout. Ebonized cabinets also served as shelves for oriental porcelains. Deep window seats were standard in colonial and Georgian revival style houses. They were most often in a bay window or across the bottom of a large hall or stairwell window. The hinge seat would open for plentiful storage. Tudor and Gothic revival interiors had ingle nooks, a feature also of mission style houses in the same type period. Let's talk about services of the American Beaux Arts. In the mid-1870s, well-equipped bathrooms were exceptional. By 1917, they were commonplace. The standard bathtub um, had feet and was made of porcelain and coated iron, often featuring a painted exterior. Horizontal bands of color, Greek key, and other classical motifs encircled the top. By 1920, this type was being eclipsed by the built-in porcelain enameled bathtub extending all the way to and terminating into the floor. Porcelain water closets developed on a similar basis. Initially, all the individual elements were decorated. The metal handle and the raised tank cabin could be elegantly cast at this point. The wooden seat could be painted with flowers and trees. Even the porcelain bowl sometimes featured a decorative type glaze. Later in the period, the housing became less elaborate. The bowl was freestanding, the water tank was placed directly behind it, and the porcelain surfaces were left quite plain. White was the usual finish. Wash basins were enclosed with wooden cabinets or set into metal stands, or featured four porcelain legs or a single porcelain pedestal at times. The metal frames could be ornamented with nickel or brass plated ornaments at the corners and feet. Often, a porcelain pedestal took the form of a fluted column on a plinth. Taps, faucets, stopper tops, hot cold, water levers were modeled on historic hardware in the French or Italian taste or in another 
revivalist style. Lighting. Gas burning fixtures were the most common lighting source at the beginning of the Beaux Arts period, but by 1900, electric fixtures were equally prevalent. Chandeliers and sconces were especially popular. There were a burgeoning interest in authentic period lighting fixtures rewired for electricity. Contemporary French-style chandeliers were made of gilded metal with tiers of crystal prisms. Some featured twisted branches and with candle sockets in the Rococo style, while others a bronze oil-burning font with gilded mounts in the Empire style. Spanish Revival chandeliers, torchers, sconces, and lamps were typically of wrought iron. Wheel-like chandeliers comprised thin, radiating iron rods, joined at the middle with a finial. Simple iron sockets were placed around the rim. Addison Meisner, who designed Mediterranean-style villas in Palm Beach, Florida, produced wrought iron and wood furnishings in the Spanish style, including a multitude of lighting fixtures. Colonial Revival houses usually contained an array of branched glass chandeliers, either authentic or reproduction. Reproduction Queen Anne chandeliers, featuring a brass globe and ornate branches with strap work, were also quite popular. In the first half of the period, huge bronze or gilded metal chandeliers in the Italian style were much the rage and much in vogue. So let's finish up uh, this episode uh, with metalwork and woodwork. Many Beaux Arts houses in French classical or Italian styles had walled gardens, and even small urban residences had walled yards. The walls would be topped with wrought iron railings and would often incorporate iron gates or sections of iron grillwork. French classical style houses often had elaborate iron fanlights, transom lights, surmounting their front doors. With cartouche, scroll, and guilloche motifs. In towns and cities, the street number was frequently cast into the cartouche. On French-style houses, the principal floor casements often opened onto a wrought iron railing or balcony. Francois Premier residences, popularized by Richard Morris Hunt, featured delicate iron crest rails on the rooftops. Conservatories, very popular at this period, comprised glass panels set into iron framework encrusted with foliate and floral motifs, or with neoclassical details with a decorative roof crest. <clears throat> Spanish-style houses feature only modest exterior ironwork, such as a thin window grill, but inside there was a wealth of ironwork on display, light fixtures, room dividers, wall plaques, and the like. Other interior ironwork was occasioned by new technology. For example, elevators may have ornamented glass iron on each side of the landing, or solid elevator doors combining bronze and iron decoration. Even radiator covers were also treated on a decorative basis. Let's finish up this uh, American Bell Arts episode with woodwork. The exuberant style of woodwork that embellished Victorian eaves, porches, dormer windows, gables, and door surrounds was not as popular in the Beaux Arts houses. Heavily carved barge boards or verge boards went out of style. 
But wooden decoration did enliven porches, verandas, cornices, and windows. Shingle-style houses are particularly inventive in their exterior woodwork. Heavy cornices, porches generally feature plain columns with smooth shafts and many incorporate, incorporating sections of trellises loosely modeled on Far Eastern and Islamic prototypes. The shingles themselves can be combined on the exterior of different shapes, creating contrasting textures. A hallmark of the Tudor revival is half timbering, square timbers with thick corner braces supporting porch or canopy roofs. Exposed beam ends terminate in carved finials, and the brackets beneath these beams may have carved foliate or animal motifs. In colonial revival houses, the small porches or porticos have columns, capitals, and cornices derived from classical sources. Italian A. Beaux-Art houses often have deep overhang eaves held by long wooden brackets. Attached pergolas are also a common feature of the colonial revival in Italianate styles. Greg Perry, the historic preservationist, thanks for listening to the American Beaux-Arts. Pass it on.